Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. You want to check out NBC, over 7,000 hours of coverage across NBC. I'm jacked for the Olympics. Jacked to talk with this guy right here. Well underscore capper, well capper, Drew Dinsick joins us now here on BetMGM. Drew, thanks so much for giving us some time on a Friday night, man. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well, man. This is a, a pretty momentous uh, moment here. We had to wait five years, but the uh, Summer Olympics are finally here. And uh, if you're kind of new to sports betting or you haven't bet on an Olympic cycle before, like this is as much fun as you could hope for in sort of a concentrated two weeks of uh, sports. And that's exactly why we have you on, because I haven't ever bet on the Olympics so, I need your help, but before we jump into the Olympics talk, I got to get your initial reactions. Well, I guess it's not initial anymore, but from the NBA Finals, I was all over the Suns in six. That obviously did not happen. Uh, P.J. Tucker is really on tour drinking right now, celebrating that championship. What did you think about that final series and uh, just the Milwaukee Bucks moving forward? And also, the freaking Suns and what they're going to do with Chris Paul. Yeah, man. It did feel like everything kind of was coming together for the Suns to get that championship, get Chris Paul's uh, his ring. But uh, for sure, uh, the adjustments that the uh, uh, Bucks made in series, particularly uh, the way Budenholzer kind of came out of halftime, I feel like in games four, five, and six was pretty special. Um, Giannis's performance from game one to game six was, you know, just on another level. And uh, when you have you know, pretty obviously the best player in the series, you need uh, just everyone on your team to have a perfect effort to find a way through. And the Suns just couldn't come up with it in the uh, in the key moments of that uh, series. And really, uh, you know, games one and games two going to the Suns felt right, but you break down the box score, they had a little bit of fluky shooting, a little bit of, you know, home cooking in terms of just the free throw count. And then, um, you know, game three pretty obviously went in favor of Milwaukee. And you, you felt like the momentum could swing uh, Milwaukee's way if they hold on for dear life in game four and then the flip you know if if, uh, if the Suns come away with that game four win they probably then put it away in five so that game four really was kind of the pivotal game and uh, really Giannis's block on Aiden was kind of the, the play that I feel like defined that series and Absolutely. you know yeah. while I'm sad that Chris Paul doesn't get to lift the trophy uh, it is pretty cool to uh, see that Giannis kind of fulfills the um, you know what we all knew which is that he's a championship level player yeah I'm glad that we don't have to spend this entire offseason talking about you know Giannis uh, failing on the big stage Drew um what are you doing with the Olympics let's start actually with swimming man that's actually what I'm looking most forward to here this opening week is it in the Olympics oh yeah I love the swimming man it's like horse racing are you a good swimmer no I'm terrible at it I just like I just like watching it oh okay any plays uh anything you like as far as uh anything this weekend yeah, dude, there's a, a lot, and I agree with yeah. you. Uh, swimming kind of takes center stage week one. We, I mean, week one really is about gymnastics and swimming. They kind of split the prime time. Uh, and, you know, they, they did a good job, at least for the viewers at home. Uh, they have flip-flopped when finals are going to happen live in Tokyo. So um, normally, they, you know, in a, nor- in a normal international swim meet, you would have your heats in the morning, you'd have your semifinals and finals at night. Um, but they flipped it so that the semifinals and finals are going to go off in the morning. It'll be about 9.30 p.m. East Coast time. They will be live. 
which makes it more a heck of a lot more fun from a viewing yeah. and from a, a sports betting standpoint. I mean, if you if you were if these were going off in the middle of the night, you know, I think betting interest would be pretty mild. But the fact that they'll be live at nine thirty is pretty huge. Um, and you know, it's it's an interesting adjustment. I mean, you know, it would be interesting to see how the athletes adjust because it's it's not normal to be able to swim your absolute peak that kind of early in the morning. I think it's ten thirty ish a.m. local time that they're going to be asked to kind of, uh, you know, go perform at their peak, which that's a, that's a little bit of a tough ask. Uh, it, that's, this was the same scenario that happened in Beijing, and obviously it's done to accommodate the, uh, you know, the North American uh, television viewers. But um, I'm, I'm happy they're doing that. And, uh, you know, as you kind of take a step back and you talk about the way that the swimming stacks up this year, typically the United States is absolutely dominant. Like we usually win 12 to 16 gold medals. Uh, you know, so anywhere in the ballpark of, you know, 24 to 32 medals overall, we usually dominate the relays. It's usually just the big, you know, rah, rah, USA kind of a, you know, we go on, yeah. crown there, crown them. Um, but the, uh, this year it is going to be much, much more competitive than normal because Australia brings one of their best teams that they've ever fielded to the Olympics, particularly on the women's side. Um, you know, we, we typically have an advantage across most women's sports because our collegiate programs are so strong. Uh, swimming is inclusive in that, uh, but Australia has really come on in the last four-year cycle where, uh, you know, they're favored in, uh, I think, about eight events and two of the relays. So this is going to be a, a very competitive meet between the United States and Australia in terms of who overall prevails. Um, and as you kind of look at, you want to know some of the names that are likely to win gold for sure on the men's side. The star for the U.S. is Caleb Dressel. Yeah. He's likely to win at least three individual golds. Or excuse, not at least. He's only in three individual events, so he can only win three individual. <laughs> well, that, golds, that's fine with he, me. Too. <laughs> he'll, he'll win at least. In my opinion, at least, in my opinion, he'll win at least two. 100 fly, 50 free are almost slam dunks for him. The 100 free is a little bit more competitive, but I think he's the rightful favorite. And then uh, he'll likely win one or two golds in the relays. So he's probably looking at a three to five gold haul here, which is huge. Uh, and uh, he's sort of the star on the men's side. And on the women's side, obviously, uh, the DMV zone, uh, Katie Ledecky returns to try to capture glory. And, um, she is the rightful favorite in the 800 and the 1500. The 1500 is new. They didn't used to let the women swim the long event. Don't, don't ask me why that was in the rules, but they swim. The women swim the 800 and not the 1500 this year. They're swimming the 1500. She's favored in both. She's going to win gold in both. Uh, and then she is obviously the defending champion world record holder in the 400 meter freestyle defending champion in the 200 meter freestyle. But if you look at the odds right now, she's the underdog in both of those. Yeah. There's an Australian woman named uh, Arnie Titmus who swam the meat of her life at Australian trials. She put up times that were eye poppingly fast. Uh, meanwhile, Katie Ledecky's U.S. trials were pretty pedestrian, and I am completely willing to excuse Katie Ledecky's swims at the U.S. trials because she really did not taper. You know, a typical swimming cycle, you know, you're going to swim your, you know, 10,000, 12,000 meters a day throughout the, you know, most of the year. You drop down to about 3,000 when you're resting to, you know, to be able to, you know, to pop your peak performance. And uh, she she only came down to about 6,000 throughout the U.S. trials, so she basically just swam through that program. And uh, we have yet to see how fast she can really go. She looks like she's put in the work, and she's very confident, very experienced, a lot of pluses in her corner. Um, and, you know, on Sunday, we're going to get to see these two very, very accomplished women, both leaders on their teams, go head-to-head in the 400-meter freestyle, which is kind of like the middle ground, right? Ledecky, clear favorite in the 800. 
Titmus clear favorite in the 200. And it's kind of a toss-up as to who's going to win this 400 here. And I'm expecting world record pace. I'm expecting uh, you know Titmus to go out fast because she's got the early speed. And then it's just a matter of can Ledecky hang? Can she reel her in in the, in the closing 100? And uh, it's going to be a really, really competitive race. Probably the best and most interesting race for the uh, you know for the swimming overall because honestly you know if Australia has had a tendency to really really just blow doors off at their own trials and then show up at the Olympics and unimpressed right, right? right. unimpressive swims you know li- li- you know they don't they don't <laughs> you know go you know their fastest times at the Olympics they're usually at on home their home continent and if that happens in the 400 free early in the program that could kind of shake the confidence of the whole team honestly especially as one of their leaders so uh, it's going to be a really interesting race just for the whole fabric of the meet and uh, I'm very much looking forward to it I, I bet some Katie Ledecky has a dog in that one. It's not one of the stronger positions that I have across the board, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think she can absolutely put give us a uh, a memorable moment early in this uh, Olympics. No, I completely agree, especially at that price, man. you got to take a shot. We're talking right now with Drew Dinsick. Check him out, NBC Sports Edge, and he does uh, his show with Sarah Perlman, who you know pretty good as well. SPZ! That's yeah. my girl. And uh, so anything else that you played as far as like medal count, gold medals, anything else you like as far as uh, the Olympics, Drew? Yeah, I'll run through a couple that I think cool. are worthwhile. Um, you know, for, uh, staying on swimming for a little bit this first weekend, uh, I like uh, Australian man uh, in the 400 freestyle, uh, Winnington. He's a, he's a plus money uh, favorite, but I think he wins the 400 freestyle pretty comfortably on uh, Saturday night. Uh, similarly, Katinka Hozu, I don't think has much competition in the four I am. And uh, if you can find a market for Katinka Hozu in the two I am, it's worth betting that now because if she wins the four I am, her price for the two I am is just going to go through the roof. She could go from like minus 200 to minus 800, you know, once people kind of get a sense of what, uh, you know, what her form is. Um, and then, uh, you know, as we get deeper into the meet, I like uh, the Great Britain relay and the four by 200. You can get that at a dog price. Uh, there's a Canadian 100 flyer who I think is going to be pretty competitive early on here this first weekend named Maggie McNeil, uh, who's in the plus 350 range to win the 100 fly. She looks primed to have a, a great meet. Uh, and then, you know, most of the most of the best swimming advice I can kind of give people is, you know, there's going to be a lot of Australian gold. There's going to be a lot of U.S. gold. And, you know, you're going to have to kind of gauge form early on and just kind of fire away as best as fast as you can before the market adjusts. Because once we kind of get a sense of who's going fast in this meet, uh, the betting market can move wildly. Like I remember last Olympic cycle, you would see somebody as a favorite at like plus 100, uh, you know, and they, you know, Katinka Ho is a great example. She she was like maybe plus 100, plus 200 in the two IM. She goes out, sets a world record in the 4 IM on day one, and then all of her lines flip from like plus 100 to minus 2,000. You know, so it's, it's pretty fast how quickly things react. Uh, and I think if you're kind of you know keeping an eye on the actual meat live and you have some markets open that are down the meat card, uh, it's fun to, to fire away on those. I completely- uh, as far as uh, gold or metal markets, I played into five of them. Uh, the numbers moved fast, so there's I don't know. And actually, spe- looking specifically at the Bet MGM, interestingly enough, they they hung total medals instead of just gold medals, yeah. which is pretty cool. The uh, I like these total numbers. USA over one ten and a half at minus 140 that is a great 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 number uh i think fair price for that is closer to 120 for total medals for us um we have really really deep squad uh there are more medals available at this olympics than in years past 
Uh, last cycle, I think there were 307 golds awarded. This year, we're up to 339. Um, so there is right there. There's going to be more available. We had 121 last Olympics. We had 104 in 2012. Um, and we had 112 in 2008. And so, of course, you, you know, you, if we have anywhere close to a normal you know, Olympics for our country on top of the new events that have been added, uh, we should make that 110 pretty comfortably. So that one's a really fun play. Uh, I think Australia also is primed to have a great Olympics. This over 39 and a half is interesting to me. Uh, Russia as well. Uh, although it looks like the Russian number might be down, but that makes sense. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the South Koreans, I'm expecting to have a pretty comfortable, uh, you know, uh, hall here. They dominate in a couple of the off sports like archery and Taekwondo. And then, uh, you know, they, that, that one's a fun one too, because if you win a medal for your country, uh, as a South Korean, you get a, a an exemption on your two year military re- requirement. So there's a little extra motivational yeah. narrative there for everyone who's competing for South Korea. Man, I love this stuff, Drew. You've been—I've <laughs> been a huge fan for a while. I love the new show with Sarah. Uh, everybody, check it out, NBC Sports Edge, and check him out, Whale Capper, on Twitter. Thanks so much, man. Hey, we got to get you back on for football, the Whale Capper. Oh, absolutely, yeah, anytime. I can't wait to—can't wait for the NFL season to roll around. Best of luck, guys. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. That's Drew Dinsick. Check him out at Whale underscore Capper. He handicaps the NFL, the NBA for NBC Sports Bet. And uh, now he's dipping into the Olympics, and honestly, I love that guy, man. I think I might tell every single thing he's just said. Like, did you write those down too? Oh, I got them all. Okay, I got them all. And he I was, know what I'm doing in the break. So, and if you missed it, of course, if you if you tuned in a little bit late, it is Friday night. You could check out the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey. Wow. Uh, when you do it, can leave I leave us a, a review five star? There? Yes, you can. A perfect one, though. Wow. Unlike my mother, who gave us one star. Well, that's okay. She probably made a mistake. She probably went back and, and made up for that, though, right? She said that uh, they won't let her. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I think she did. Yeah, leave nice. us a nice comment. And uh, Drew also, he always is on with You Better You Bet with Nick and Ken as well. So you can check out his work all over the place. He's one of the best, man.